I found this uh, statistic quite interesting. I just came across women were asked by social scientists what they find most attractive in a man. And what they came across after interviewing thousands of women was it was more than just looks, status or money. The most attractive trait for a man to possess is actually ambition, according to who they were studying. A man who is always striving to better himself is actually one of the most attractive traits that he can possess. And this is true on a human level, but it's also true on a spiritual level. So the question I really want to tackle in today's homily is, am I open to conversion, to change the way I'm living my life? Because that takes an ambitious spirit to always strive to better myself, to not be content with who I am or where I'm at in life in light of what I could be. And St. Peter, of all the apostles, we always talk about St. Peter and all the falls that he had, all the mistakes that he made along the way. But he really possesses one of the greatest virtues of all the apostles. It's that whenever he saw that his way was conflicting with the ways of Jesus Christ, he was always willing to change. He was always open to the possibility of conversion because he never got settled so much in who he was in life that he became unwilling to follow a different way if that was the proper way to go after Jesus Christ. And there's even a very beautiful story about the end of his life that encapsulates this well. In the, 19, in the 60s, not 1960s, in the first century, when Nero was breaking out the per- persecution in Rome and many Christians were being killed, Peter was in Rome too. And everyone told him, you need to run away. You're the leader of, the, of our faith. We need to protect you. And he was convinced of that. So at one point, he actually left the left Romans was trying to sneak away so that he didn't get caught up in um, the killings that were happening there. And while he was walking away, he saw in the distance a man, a figure walking towards Rome, carrying something huge on his back. And as he got closer, he realized it was the Lord. It was Jesus walking towards Jerusalem. And so, so Peter says to him, quo vadis domine. There's even a church built at this spot to this day in Rome where this place happened. It's called quo vadis. It says, quo vadis domine. Quo vadis means, where are you going, Lord? And Jesus looked at him and said, I'm going to the Rome to die for my people again. And then he kept walking and vanished. And Peter immediately took that as a sign and realized that he was actually running away from his true mission. And even now at the end of his life, he did now what he had done over and over again when he followed Jesus Christ before. He converted his life. He turned around and went back to Rome to offer his life as a sacrifice for the people. Even going so far when they crucified him to have himself crucified upside down because he said he was unworthy to be crucified the same way that Jesus Christ was. So St. Peter was a man who was always open to conversion, to change his ways if they weren't in line with the teachings of his Lord and Master Jesus Christ. The temptation of men especially men in our day, is primarily reluctance. It's sloth. To accept life as it is. Like, I am who I am. It is what it is. And it's never going to be anything different. Because men long for rest. We actually have that box in our brain with nothing that women are so envious of because we can actually sit in a room and think of nothing else. right? And that's what men really long for. It's that freedom of no worries, But on earth, we don't get that. We're condemned to work as long as we're here. That means we can never be totally content with whatever we have. But that means we're also 
especially prone to the temptation of sloth, to just be content with who we are rather than what we could be. And women really represent the call to life. That's why when a woman sees a man that's sitting in front of the TV over day after day, when she complains and starts getting angry about that, it's not so much the TV that she's mad about. She's mad that the man is wasting all the potential that she sees in him. That's why women love ambition, because it's really the calling of life saying, don't ever stop striving for more, because there's so much more that you can be if you get off that couch and actually start working for it. That's our calling in life. And that's true, especially in the spiritual life. Conversion means never being content with where I am and always being open to change and to grow in my relationship with Christ, in my understanding of our Catholic faith, in the reading of the scriptures, coming to adoration, praying the rosary, going to confession, what have you. To never be so content with who I am that I sacrifice who I could be if I raise up to that level. Because otherwise we're dead. The essence of death is you stop moving, right? Life is about movement. It's about growth. And as long as we're alive, we need to stay in that movement. It's like the great line in um, Shawshank Redemption. You get busy living or you get busy dying. You got to choose one or the other. And no one can give you ambition. No one can make you become ambition. So that's why no one can convert another soul. That has to come from within us. And that's why Jesus warned us, do not give what is sacred to dogs. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn on you and tear you to pieces. So what does that mean? That if you try to help somebody who doesn't want to change, and we've all experienced this in our life, not only do they resent you for it, or they resent the, the advice that you try to give them, They become angry at you for trying to offer them that advice. Like, who do you think you are to tell me that I need to be better? That's why Jesus says, do not throw what is precious before those who don't want to receive it. Because they'll trample on what the pearls that you throw before them, and then they'll come after you. And that was the Pharisees in Christ's life. They weren't open to conversion. And that's why not only did they reject Christ's message, but what did they end up doing? Killing him, crucifying him, exactly. And that's what did Christ call them? Your dead men's bones, your whitewashed tombs. You look good on the outside, but you're dead on the inside. Because they were no longer open to change, no longer open to conversion. Once you're no longer, once you lose that ambitious spirit in life, you might as well be dead. What else are you living for? A major rule of psychiatry is that if someone is forced to come there, there's nothing you can do for them. If someone doesn't go to psychiatry really saying, I know that where I'm at right now is not a good place and I want to change, no matter what you say to them, it won't work. It has to come from within. You can't give someone ambition. You can't give someone the desire to convert their souls. We have to choose for ourselves when it's time to change. And the Catholic Church is not composed of those who are saved. The Catholic Church is not composed of those who are saved. It's composed of those who are being saved on the way to salvation. The same way that gyms are not composed of healthy people. Gyms are composed of those who are striving to become healthy. 
Same thing with the wise men. The scripture says, the wise man is not the one who knows all things, but the one who says, I know that I do not know. It means that I'm always striving to learn new things. I never get so content with what I have that I just close off. What does that mean? It's like life is a movement. It's about growth. Always being willing to change. And that's why the question for us is so important. Am I open to conversion? If I found out that my, the way I'm living my life, the way I'm thinking is contrary to the teachings of Jesus Christ, contrary to the teachings of the Catholic Church that have been passed on for 2,000 years. Am I willing to convert? Am I willing to change my ways to get in line with that? Or do I get so stuck in what has always been that I close off? The leper in the gospel is a great example of this. On a symbolic level, as we said before, leprosy represents sin. It causes you to become an outcast in the, compu- in the community, We become impure in ourselves, separated from one another, from ourselves and from God. And only the priest could say that they were pure, that they could enter back into the community. That's why Christ sent him to the priest after he cured him. The leper in the gospel, though, he wanted change. He was open. And because he was still open to that change, Christ was able to work a miracle. The danger is complacency. We can spend so much time with familiar sins, with bad habits in our life, with broken relationships. In time, we just start to recognize that as our life. How long was that man a leper living out ostracized from his community? He could have easily just resigned himself to that. Said, this is my life on earth. It is what it is. But he had to have hope that things could be different. Things could be better for him. That's what hope is. There's two daughter daughter virtues of hope. It's anger and courage. Because you got to be angry at where you are, angry at the brokenness of your life. And that anger has to push you courageously into a new hope, a new vision of the future. Anger is a good thing when it's directed in the right direction. You got to hate who you are sometimes in the present moment when it's not good for you and it's not good for your salvation and it's not good for your family. And that hatred of who I am today can push me to hope for the man that I can be tomorrow. But you got to be discontent. It's okay to be discontent. Because that means I'm ready to change. I'm ready to move forward. The worst thing that we could do is call something broken just what it is. Because then we just live with it. No longer asking for healing. No longer open to change. And we're just... Pharisees, whitewashed tombs filled with dead men's bones. And we get busy dying because we're not living. You have to believe that you can always grow. You can always get better and that Jesus Christ can truly have the healing touch that can bring you that restoration that you know deep in your heart you long for. The leper in the gospel didn't resign himself to his condition. He was angry enough at where he was that pushed him courageously to encounter Jesus Christ and receive the healing he needed for a new way of living. You can heal me and I want to be healed. So do I want to be healed? That's the question. Do I want to be healed? Broken relationships in my life I've been living with for years. Alcoholism, 
or overweight or sloth, broken dreams, sins I've been struggling with for years. Do I actually want to be healed of these things? Because you got to have an ambitious spirit for that. You got to believe it. And you got to be open to that change, to know yourself in the light of being healed and no longer associated with that broken past. You got to be willing to hate what you are in the present moment when what you are is destroying yourself. That gives birth to new life. And that's what confession is. Showing ourselves to the priest as Christ commanded. Recognize my sin, recognize my insufficiency, and ask for healing. Show myself to the priest and go out with my slate completely clean, ready to start all over again. New vision of hope. That's what Christ is all about. A new vision of hope. A new vision of glory. And that's what happens when we really encounter him in life. That's what matters. We all fail at times. We all fall short. We all have sins. What's important is ambition. A determination never to give up along the way. To keep striving to be better. Never be so content with who I am that I sacrifice who I could be. That's what life is about. That's why the essence of the Mass is a sacrifice. When you come forward here, we lay down the sacrifice of who I am today. And I receive Jesus Christ in the Holy Eucharist, praying for the grace of his healing touch to transforming the better person I can be when I walk out of this church. In a moment when we receive the body and blood, soul and divinity of Jesus Christ, let us pray for the grace, because it is a grace that no one can give you. You have to be open to it. The grace to never be so content with who we are that we sacrifice who we could be. Let us pray for the grace of a relentless spirit, a deep hunger for holiness, for truth, God's truth, not our truth, of righteousness, of discontentment, that we may never stop striving forward in our upward calling in Christ and to be found in him. For he alone is the beginning and the end of the ambitious desire in our hearts to become everything in our life that we know deep down we were created to be in time and for all eternity.